0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply. hd
1: H D W O G L H D three Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios,
2: where relationships matter. Always live on the Free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This dish is the next generation of talk. Now. Radio 1210
3: WPHT, Rich Zioli.
4: we got a new speaker of the House of Representatives, and yeah, the media's freaking out that he's an election denier. They hate him, even though the left denied the 2016 election because Russia. Don't worry about that. That's fine. But the fact that if the new speaker questioned the election of 2020, then he's unfit for the job. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli, I want to remind you that the vampiric one, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker Emeritus, as she's called, because she's immortal, because she literally can never die, because vampires can, unless there's garlic or, you know, a wooden stake involved or something. She also denied the election of 2016 and said Russia was behind it. Russia was the reason why Donald Trump won the election. She's an election denier. She was Speaker of the House. So please, spare me. Uh, we got a lot to get to this hour. Some new audio that came out. First of all, they always say in life, judge a person by the quality of the enemies that they have, as much as the quality of the friends that they have. And I think that's a good saying in life. So the fact that the media already hates Mike Johnson and they're coming after him should tell you a lot about our new speaker. Here's MSNBC, which spent three years, three years denying the 2016 election, losing their minds about Congressman Mike Johnson, now Speaker Mike Johnson who also expressed doubts about the 2020 election. So again, if you expressed doubts about 2016, because Russia, that's fine. If you expressed doubts about 2020, then you're unfit to serve and should probably be in prison, which is what they're trying to do with Donald Trump. And again, I want to remind you right now in America, Democrats who denied the 2016 election are roaming free tonight. Hillary Clinton, Jimmy Carter, Jamie Raskin. Adam Schiff, the list goes on and on, who election deniers like Hakeem Jeffries are roaming the streets free in America right now while Donald Trump fights for his innocence for denying the results of the 2020 presidential election. Just a reminder, just a point of context right there. Take a listen
5: be striking that the person that they put up for this job maybe wasn't cited all over the January 6th report, though there is at least one mention of him in there. But instead, he's someone who simply provided some of the attempted rationale for how to overturn an election. And I did, I'm did i glad, frankly, that you played the clip from last night when they invited reporters in for a quote-unquote press conference and then said no policy questions. But I tried similarly today when he walked down the very steps that I'm standing on right now and spoke with reporters for once again what they call the press conference and didn't take questions i shouted quite loudly about whether or not he thought the 2020 election results were legitimizing for biden and if he believed that biden was the the legitimately elected president of the united states and he once again ignored those questions and so i know that some people might say it's in the past but certainly january 6th and 2020 looms so large over this building every single day and now you have someone in the presidential line of succession, who helped with that rationale in a key way that Republican members of Congress were using his legal bases that were, of course, flimsy and non-constitutional, but were trying to use them as their rationale for why they voted against certifying the election results. I think that that's extremely striking and speaks to where the party is right now. The other thing I would add, too, is President Biden was asked about this today, and he said no. He wasn't concerned about having someone like Speaker Johnson with the background he's had in the presidential line of succession. But candidly, Democrats around here don't share the president's view as far as I've heard it. Ali, let me play you um, something that happened there when um, Congressman Aguilar nominated um,
2: Leader Jeffries. This has been about one thing. This has been about.
4: Um, What what Jeffries said today, he went on a tirade comparing uh, January 6th, I holy day of the left, comparing it to uh, worse than 9-11, worse than the Civil War, worse than uh, the Holocaust. I kid you not. And three minutes of election denier, Hakeem Jeffries, going on and screaming about these things today on the floor of the House of Representatives, the Democrat leader who is an election denier, who denied that Donald Trump was a legitimately elected president, in fact, I'll share this with you. This is from our buddy, Phil Kirpin. So Phil Kirpin on Twitter today put side-by-side shots of what Hakeem Jeffries said. And let me share with you a little bit of uh, of some of this with you for a moment. Hakeem Jeffries, November 24th, 2020. Keep pouting. History will never accept you as a legitimate president. All right. The more we learn about the 2016 election, the more illegitimate it becomes. America deserves to know whether we have a fake president in the Oval Office. Hashtag Russian interference. That's Hakeem Jeffries. Let's be clear, Donald. The only person trying to steal the election is you and your buddies in the Kremlin. Hakeem Jeffries. 2018. Lie more than any administration in the history of the republic. Cheat. Cheat. Twenty sixteen election slash Russian interference steal one or two Supreme Court seats. When will Republicans put country ahead of party? Hashtag clean up corruption. So Akeem Jeffries is the literally the top election denier. That's who they voted for to be Speaker of the House today. So you know, all these people can shove it when they to start screaming about election denialism election denialism they are the biggest proponents of election denialism in the entire country of the united states of america here is uh from today the speaker of the house the first thing that a reporter asked the president of the united states today regarding the new speaker and whether or not he can be comfortable with him since he's an election denier again this shows you a lot about what a good guy mike johnson has the potential to be here if the media hates him this much. Take a listen.
6: After 22 days, House Republicans just elected Mike Johnson of Louisiana as the Speaker of the House. Johnson advocated conspiracy theories about voting machines in a rigged election in 2020. He encouraged his colleagues to join a lawsuit to invalidate the results of four states. So if you win re-election in 2024, are you worried that a Speaker Johnson would again attempt to overturn the election?
4: No. Why not? The reason no is because he didn't even file in New Hampshire. Biden's not even running in 2024, so he's not worried about that. Let's leave that aside for a moment. Um, Mike Johnson said a lot of great things today as Speaker of the House of Representatives. He said a lot of great things. Oh, by the way, the guy who may be running for president for the Democrats was kissing China's rear end today. Gavin Newsom, of course, the governor of California, kissing China's rear end as he was simping for China's communist leader xi jinping this is what he said to cnn today take a listen
3: did you get a sense from him that this relationship is hurtling towards even a hot war in the next few years over taiwan or whatever it might be or or what sense did you get from him of a relationship that he wants to have with america going forward
2: and the fact that we had access to these high-level meetings i'll be meeting with five provincial governors tomorrow another extension of this visit i think is suggestive uh, that we're, in, we're, we're entering, I hope, a new phase, a bit of a thawing. The last few years have been very stressful. I think it goes to your question. Um, and we've got to turn down the heat. We've got to manage our strategic differences. We've got to reconcile our strategic red lines. Those are well-established between our two countries. Uh, but I want to applaud the Biden administration. And on the basis of the engagement I had today uh, with members of the Xi administration, uh, President Xi himself, um, I want to applaud his willingness to reconcile those differences is people-to-people exchange, the fact he's meeting with the governor of California at the subnational level, I think is indicative of a thigh. He-
4: so he's uh, he's running for president. There's no doubt in my mind about that. He's the one running for president of the United States. All right. So here's Speaker Mike Johnson today on the uh, floor of the House of Representatives after he became the Speaker of the United States. And he said that the conference, you see the House majority is united, cut number 3.
6: We want to thank all the press for waiting. It's been quite a process. <laughs> Democracy is messy sometimes, but it is our system. This conference that you see, this House Republican majority is united. Is united?
3: Yeah.
6: Honored to have the support of my colleagues and what they understand about this is this is servant leadership we're going to serve the people of this country we're going to restore their faith in this Congress this institution of government America is the last best hope of man on the earth Abraham Lincoln said it Ronald Reagan used to remind us all the time and we're here to remind you of that again We're going to restore your trust in what we do here. You're going to see a new form of government, and we are going to move this quickly. This group here is ready to govern, and we're going to govern well. We're going to do what's right by the people. And I believe the people are going to reward that next year. But we have a lot of big priorities ahead of us right now. The world is on fire. We stand with our ally, Israel.
4: Uh, let's uh, let's understand a couple other things, too. We also have a government that has been weaponized against its people. And when Mike Johnson was a member of Congress, he went after Democrats for politicizing impeachment, weaponizing the government against Donald Trump. Here's a short clip from the House Judiciary Committee uh, just a couple years ago when he was discussing this issue. And he went after the Democrats for this. And I like his style because he's got a good style about him. It's a relaxing style, but it's still a style that's on point with the government, with the Constitution. And you'll notice he says we are a constitutional republic. Cut five.
6: Members have called for removal based on a myriad of objections against this president. Representative Al Green of Texas filed a resolution in the House for impeachment after Trump called for players kneeling during the national anthem to be fired. I mean, come on. You don't like his political positions, great, but you can't impeach a president because you don't like him. That's not how this system works. We're in a constitutional republic. There are rules here. There are standards. You don't get to make that decision. The voters in this country do. And we have an election coming up in about 11 months. Let the people decide. Don't put yourselves in their place. You don't have the right to do it. You're not following the proper procedure. You're not doing this the right way. It's a rarely used constitutional device in our history. It's supposed to be. Professor Turley ended this way, and I will too. He said, quote, Despite my disagreement with many of President Trump's policies and and statements, impeachment was never intended to be used as a midterm corrective option for a divisive or unpopular leader, unquote. Look, we get it. You don't like him. That doesn't mean you can banish him from the marketplace. You can't send him out of his businesses and say he can't hold a position of honor or trust. You don't get the right to do that. The people of this country do. We live in a republic. I'm just sick of this. I yield back.
4: Yeah, I'm sick of it, too. We're all sick of it, uh, Mr. Speaker. But he even invoked God today on the floor of the House of Representatives. It was very, very nice to hear. He invoked God, the name God. Yes, you don't normally hear that these days. But he also invoked Reagan. He invoked conservatism. His entire speech is about 18 minutes, so we don't have time to play the whole thing. But here's a little snippet of him. Uh, He's a... He's a Christian, and this is what he said.
6: ...to take good care of it. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is very clear that that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, And I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it. Now,
4: when he was a congressman, he went after the FBI, and this FBI being a subsidiary uh, with Twitter, and I played you that clip earlier, and there's a longer clip of that, but I want to share with you the other breaking news of the day today, which is that, according to Fox News, the FBI received... Criminal information from over 40 confidential sources on Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, uh, and James Biden, according to Senator Chuck Grassley. Senator Grassley alleges that the FBI and the DOJ sought to shut down investigations into the Bidens. This, This is, this, you understand what the implications of this are. I mean, the implications of this here that the Federal Bureau of Investigation, tried to shut down investigations, covering for criminals. I mean, this is what the implication is here right now. The FBI maintained more than 40 confidential human sources on various criminal matters related to the Biden family, including Joe Biden, dating back to his time as vice president. According to information obtained by Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, the confidential human sources provided criminal information to the FBI relating to Joe Biden, James Biden, and Hunter Biden. Those confidential human sources were managed by multiple FBI field offices across the nation, including the FBI's Seattle field office. But Grassley learned that an FBI task force within the Washington field office sought to, and in some cases, successfully shut down reporting and information from those sources by falsely discrediting the information as foreign disinformation. That effort. Caused investigative activity to cease. This is a criminal cover up by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. If this is true, this is a criminal cover up here, is what this is. Let me say that again. Grassley learned that an FBI task force within the Washington field office sought to, and in some cases, successfully shut down reporting and information from those sources by falsely discrediting the information as foreign disinformation that effort caused investigative activity to cease however despite these efforts by the fbi task force grassley said in at least one instance a confidential human source and its information have been vetted by multiple u.s attorney's offices which found no hits to known sources of russian disinformation Revelations were laid out in a letter Grassley wrote to Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray late Tuesday night. The letter was exclusively obtained by Fox News Digital. Quote, based on the information provided to my office over a period of years by multiple credible whistleblowers, there appears to be an effort within the Justice Department and the FBI to shut down investigative activity related to the Biden family. Such decisions point to significant political bias, infecting the decision-making of not only the attorney general and the FBI director, but also line agents and prosecutors. Our republic cannot survive such a political infection, and you have an obligation to this country to clear the air. An essential question that must be answered is this. Did the Federal Bureau of Investigation investigate the information or shut it down? And if they did shut it down, it would not be out of the ordinary for the FBI. They have a pattern of doing this, as we know from the whistleblowers. That's a big deal. What's coming out here by this is a very big deal. This weaponized government. I told you, we live in a police state in this country. I know Dinesh D'Souza has this movie coming out, but I've been saying we live in a police state for years, long before his movie came out. And a police state works two ways. The government goes after its enemies. And it uses its law enforcement powers to help his friend, its friends. So the power, the party in power, uses its federal law enforcement powers to go after people, and it uses its federal law enforcement powers to cover for people. That's what a police state is. It uses its federal law enforcement powers for political purposes. That's what happens. Okay? Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you would like to weigh in on everything we are discussing. And I want to share with you in more detail what the Speaker Mike Johnson said regarding the FBI. But before I do that, here's Donald Trump saying what he would do if Biden ever tried to get him to the back of a shed to take care of him. <laughs> this is what the former president said
2: fake news. But but did you ever hear some of these people talking about the viciousness? When you see them in a restaurant, you go in there and you know what you do to them, right? If I ever did that, if I ever did that, problems. And then remember when Biden, I'd like to take him to the back of the barn. I dream of that. You know what I do with him? Oh, I I'd hit him right in that fake nose. That fake nose. They'd have plastic lying all over the floor. But I don't want to say that. So when he says it, they say, oh, he said, remember when he was doing that? I'd like to take him to the back of the barn. You know what you do with him? You just look at him and you go like this.
4: <laughs> that fake plastic nose. Now you had got to come back with fake plastic trees, Henry is that a song oh my god <laughs> never mind uh his, do we call phil murphy his royal highness or his, his royal rugness right yeah we changed the name his royal rugness king philip the unaccountable is allowing halloween to commence in the kingdom this year i'll share that with you as well 855-839-1210 is a number and um we have an insane clip another insane clip what's the other insane clip i gotta get to before the show's over been a crazy day today hey? Yeah, you sent me me
1: earlier, remember? Oh, that wasn't a clip. That was a thread on uh, social media about Jake Sullivan. Oh, a thread about Jake Sullivan. Yeah, Okay. uh, and his his editorial that was um, published by Foreign Affairs. Well, but didn't you also tell me there was an insane audio clip that you had as well? Uh, Didn't you tell me something as
4: well earlier in the show that there was an insane... um, um, uh, Aaron Burnett.
1: Oh, yeah. Bragging about the amenities that... Uh, Israeli hostages have received from Hamas. It's yes, insane.
4: Yes. All right. We'll deal with that as well. 855 839 1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Listen, my friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, I'm so grateful for their friendship and their support. This is an incredible month to purchase or lease a new Volvo from my friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. They have an incredible opportunity, an incredible inventory, and a great time for you to get over there you're going to find wonderful people who'll take great care of you. And this month there are a plethora of discounts and offers available, too many to list in one commercial. Incentives start at $5,000 and can escalate all the way up to $11,000. So whether you want to purchase or lease a new or pre-owned Volvo, now is the time. I love my Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo, and you will too. And just as important as the best pricing is the highest quality service and I'm that no one can match Cherry Hill Vavo. They always work hard to provide the exceptional luxury experience you deserve. Cherry Hill Vavo Cars, they offer a full line of new Vavo vehicles to fit every lifestyle. I also want to tell you that the program Care by Vavo, which I'm in, it's a lease program. Every five months, you get that new car smell. That's right. One payment includes your payment, insurance, Prepaid scheduled maintenance, tire and wheel care, 15,000 miles annually, excessive wear coverage, and more. And after five months, you have the option to cancel the lease, keep the lease, or change to a different Volvo. It's a flexibility that you deserve in such a luxury vehicle. But you know, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine the other day who said his daughter wants to get the Volvo XC40, which is what I drive now. I said, it's a great SUV. It's got a ton of room, and it's safe. You know, safety matters. A lot of crazy people on the road these days, you see it yourself, right? All the road rage and nutbags out there. And Well, I know that when we're behind the wheel of a Volvo, we are safe on the road, and that matters. It really does. Bridget drives the XC90, the third row to keep all the kids safe for all our road trips. Like when we go back to the Grand Hotel in December, for example. Thanksgiving's coming. You want to make sure you got the family safe. So go see my friends at Cherry Hill Vavo and take advantage of these incredible incentives that start at five thousand dollars and can escalate all the way up to eleven thousand dollars. Only at Cherry Hill Vavo, where relationships matter, stand with the people that stand with us. Cherry Hill.
3: The only show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the Free Odyssey app.
4: Oh, good. Tolls are going up again on the Garden State Parkway in the New Jersey Turnpike. Oh, awesome. That's great. Haven't we paid for this freaking road? How many times over have we pay for this freaking road? They keep raising the tolls. I just had to replenish my my uh easy pass, Matt DeSantis, because freaking
2: tolls.
1: They're outrageous. Going up again. His royal rugness? Because somebody got to pay for that rug. I've got, you got tolls. Uh, I, got, I think I told you this. I got burned by speed cameras in New York City while I was there a couple of weeks ago. You did, yeah, yeah. Those things are unconstitutional. That's yeah. horrible. Because you have a right under the Constitution to face your accuser. How do you face a camera in court? I don't know. Then I, I, I have to pay the fine, fa- and they're, they're nuisance fines too. They know no yeah. one's going to fight them because they're, they're fifty bucks. Yeah, um, totally. I got hit going, I think eleven over the speed limit or something. Which uh, not great, but I don't want to lose a hundred.
7: Isn't isn't New York going to have like a congestion tax now too? For yeah, drivers? that's the other
4: thing they're doing. That's crazy. And actually, New Jersey's suing New York over the congestion pricing. Ugh, that'll go well. Uh, oh, and you know what? There's speaking of lawsuits, there are 18 states now, I think, suing Meta. Uh, maybe more, actually, a couple of dozen, thirty, thirty states suing facebook and instagram and alleging that the platforms are designed to be addictive and harm children's mental health 33 state attorneys general filed this lawsuit additionally eight state attorneys general and the district of columbia filed other lawsuits around this saying that meta in- intentionally is addictive to uh, to kids it's intentionally addictive generally Right, I mean, isn't that kids? Anyone? Yeah, isn't that the point of anything? Is to kind of get you hooked on it? Pretty much. I mean, I'm hooked on cheeseburgers. I can't. I can't sue cheeseburger. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I guess when you throw kids in there, though, it, it makes more sense. It's like, oh, it's the kids, and it's like, oh, well, if it's the kids, I guess we got to do something about it.
4: Yeah, kids. they say the kids. I know that the kids are getting addicted to this stuff. I, I see it, but. I see a lot of parents who are addicted. I see parents who cannot... Look at the Phillies game last night.
7: Yeah. I mean, we talk, we've we talked about that pretty much every game. Every, yeah. You know, you're on your phone, like, in the middle of gameplay. It makes no yeah. sense.
4: I think adults are just as addicted to their phones as as, as kids are. I, I Honestly, truly, I mean, try having a conversation with somebody. Try going out to lunch with somebody and see if you can do the entire lunch without one person looking at their phone the entire lunch. No, good no luck.
1: Chance. There's no chance. I know I can do it. I don't th- honestly. I don't think I can. You think so? Yeah. When I have to write papers for uh, for school, like every once in a while, I'll just lock my phone away in a drawer because I know uh, if it's sitting right next to me, just by just out of habit, I'll yeah. reach for it, and before you know it, you spend five minutes messing around on you know Twitter or something or texting friends, and right. yeah, that's a waste of time. We're looking at pictures of the uh, Italian prime minister. <laughs> She's single now, so it ma- yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like to say though, like yes. <laughs>
7: As much as adults can be addicted to social media, there's nothing that drives me up the wall than seeing, like, an iPad kid.
4: I what do you describe as an iPad
7: kid? Uh, a kid, you know, no matter where you take them, they just, they just have an iPad in their oh, hands. yeah. Like the parents that give like, them
4: an iPad at yeah, the restaurant or something like that? At the
7: restaurant. As soon as they wake up in the morning, it's like, I don't want to hear it yet. Here's an iPad. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. It, it, it kills me seeing that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's there's... It's so bad for just, uh... I can't even think about it. Uh... What's the word I'm looking for? Attention span.
4: Oh, there's no doubt about it. Kills it. And there's also, you know, you you, you try when you become a new parent to say, we're not going to use screens as babysitters, right? but it's impossible.
7: Yeah. And I understand it is easier to just be here.
4: But you know what? There are some places that will go out, they'll give the kids Etch-A-Sketches. Remember those when we were kids?
1: Yeah. Did you guys have those? Oh, yeah. I remember the Etch a Sketch.
4: Yeah. yeah. So I went to a place recently, and, it's, and, and every kid got a kid's menu, menu that was attached to an Etch a Sketch. First of all, they looked at it like it was uh, like the original wheel that like the caveman <laughs> had invented or something. They had no idea what this thing was. And then they started playing with the Etch a Sketches, and it was kind of cool. And then and they, they looked at it, look what I made. I made a tower, I made a this, I made of that. I was like, this is, this is, this is kind of neat to go analog versus digital. And keep them occupied so they don't go crazy at the table. Because let's face it, a lot of parents give the kids the iPads at the table because they want to enjoy a nice dinner and mm-hmm. not have But we don't do that in our family. We have a strict policy against it. When we go out, the kids don't Good. get devices at the table. I, I don't do it. I don't believe in it. I'm not judging people that do. I'm just saying it, does, it doesn't fly in our house. We won't, we won't do it. But when the Etch a Sketches came out, I said, All right, it's, it's analog, not digital. Go for it. And the kids had fun doing it. It's sort of like a arts and crafts
1: project, almost.
4: Yeah, well, it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant with kids and they give you a menu and crayons. I love when they do that. You love that because you are a child <laughs> who doesn't like doing a little coloring.
7: It is good to have something, just having your hands to fidget with You know, yeah. while you're talking. Just, you know, drawing the sun in the corner of the page and... Yeah, but some of those menus
4: have tic tac toe on them. Oh,
7: even
1: better. And
4: they've got word puzzles. Word puzzles, those
1: are always fun. Sure.
4: And you know, if you if you have that for the kids at the table, you can be in you can either be involved with them if you want, or let them play it, but you're not them you're not becoming the device people where it's like, Okay, we go out to dinner, everybody get on their devices and we won't talk to each other for the next two hours. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. Just stay home and do that (laughs) then. And order takeout save yourself a couple hundred bucks, probably. (laughs) A lot of
1: things I don't understand in the world. Did you enjoy the Etch-a-Sketch as a child? I I, think so. I hated it. Did you? Yeah, I think it's because I'm like a sore loser. I remember uh, they would have commercials for the thing, and even like the little pamphlet that it came with, it would have like, basically a, a an etching of the mona lisa mm. Do you ever see those professional etch-a-sketchers where they can draw basically anything it, it looks as though they've put pen to paper it's incredible when my parents wow. handed me the etch-a-sketch i assumed like an idiot that i would be able to you know craft my own little sure. mona lisa on the thing but all you end up with is a bunch of squiggly lines it's very aggravating
4: you ever a use a, a, a viewfinder? Remember those what things? Those? Click and see
7: pictures. Click. Oh, yeah. Remember those things? Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
4: Actually, if you go to Target, they have a lot of those old school games. They're kind of making a comeback now. And I think the reason, the only reason I can think of is two things. Well, nostalgia is always a big deal. Mm-hmm. People love nostalgia.
7: That's stout. That's stout.
4: And two, because they're looking for things that are not... A device to to let the kids play with Mm -hmm. because you lose your kids to these things. Yeah. You you know, my son starts playing Minecraft and it's over. I've lost them.
7: They can't even hear you.
4: No, they go into their own little world. So if you can find ways to engage with them, that's why we try to play board games with them. We try to do these things because it involves them in this. But it sort of seems like a losing battle. I don't think this, I don't, I mean, suing Meta, what's going to happen is Meta is going to go, all right, and then pay a fine because they have billions of dollars,
1: and then what? What's really going to change? Nothing. Or you could somehow put a, uh, an age limit on who can access the. Okay, great. Websites. So you become addicted but, at 13 versus 12. Yeah, and also, you just click the button, yeah, I'm 13, and bam, you're, you're back in. Yeah.
4: Or they do the thing where they say the parent has to verify the age of the child. So then what you'll have is, remember in the old days, you used to get somebody to buy you liquor? You'd stand outside a liquor store. <laughs> hey, mister. Yeah. Give a guy give a guy 20 bucks to go in there buy some booze. Now, like, hey, can you certify that I'm 13 years old so I can go on, play Minecraft with my friends? I bet you Dawn loves this lawsuit. <laughs> How much you want to bet? I haven't talked to her about it, but I bet you Dawn Stenson loves this lawsuit. She might be listening right now. I hope she is. Dawn, weigh in if you are. she should get her on and talk, talk to her about it. Yeah. I used to argue with her about this stuff all the time.
1: I think, uh, yeah, I mean, who who's in favor of being addicted to your phone or addicted to social media? But at a certain point, there is an element of personal responsibility that comes into play.
4: Obviously, yeah. right? I mean, it's easy to blame Meta for being addictive, but there are so many things that are addictive. Our brains are hardwired to become addicted to things in many ways. The question is just whether or not as a parent you're going to let your children be exposed to them. I don't I mean, this iPhone is incredibly addictive. I just looked down and got a ding about my pizza oven. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah. at some point, as a parent, don't you have to just figure this stuff out? Like, the other day, I was calling Xfinity and, you know, it's, hey, by the way, do you want to get a third line? If you get a third line, well, you could save 35 bucks or whatever. It's like, no, because I don't want my son, who's nine... I don't want him on a phone yet, because the minute that happens, it, it's a game changer. You know what I mean?
1: At what age is it appropriate to get a child a phone these days?
4: It's a It's a big debate, because some parents will argue it's a safety thing. And there are phones that, that you can have where you can just call, basically mm-hmm. just there to call the parents. That's fine. But I think the real question, though, is... What age is it appropriate to get them an iPhone or yeah, an iPad? And yeah. just at that point, you're surrender. It's over. That's
7: that's the big one. Yeah, you've it, surrendered. It's not. Yeah, it's no longer just texting, calling. It's nah. just everything that comes with it: social media, the games you can play, porn. I mean,
4: it's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you laugh, but I mean, in the old days, you had to go find your dad's collection.
7: <laughs> right. You're li- like when you're getting them an iPhone, you're literally handing them the world it's yeah. at your fingertips. Here. Here you go, kid.
4: Go ahead. It's inevitable, but it's just a matter of what age. I I think it's I think it's a decision every family has to make. Yeah. I don't know if there's one
7: right. age that works. I think it's probably dependent on the kid in a lot of ways too. And you can't just get you know yeah, a flip phone because then you'd probably be the pariah at school.
4: Yeah, look at you got a flip phone. Oh, no, flip phones nowadays open? are cooler than iPhones. <laughs> the, uh,
7: you're talking about the old school flip phones. They don't even make those anymore, do they? They do, yeah, because the nostalgia thing again.
4: So you can get a. Flip phone that doesn't do all the fancy computer stuff? No, Absolutely. I think it still does all the fancy
7: stuff. No, I think if you want one that's just... Right,
4: a- send, send me a link if you find it. So, right. For real. I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to see that. I'd love to know if that's real because that's, that could be a game changer as well. While Henry's looking for that, here's uh, AOC.
1: I know this clip's been on the cut sheet for like a week, so you really want me to play it? <laughs> it seemed like something that would be good basically at any point in time.
4: All right, this is another of her nonsensical rants posted to TikTok. A benefit of keeping your children off of social media is <laughs> they won't go on TikTok and hear nonsensical rants like this. Cut 16.
3: Radicals in the United States who believe crazy things like a full-time job should be enough for you to live and also, you know, believe in crazy radical things like if you kill someone, there shouldn't be impunity. And um, also, who believe really crazy radical things like you should get a stimulus check without having to bail out a corporation for it, or that you should get a stimulus check without your employer, um, you know, if you work for one of these huge conglomerate employers sending you into harm's way and being completely immune from any accountability for that. You know, shout out to my fellow radicals who think that, you know, we should live in a humane, advanced society um, and that we shouldn't be under the thumb of a $7 minimum wage and, you know, racist systems, because I don't know because that just benefits whoever the people are in power to already be in power. So you know, shout out to my radicals who think that maybe one way that we can deal with a lot of the shortfalls. See, that this makes we me to want to do shut down like, the
4: internet in general. Just shut it
1: down. <laughs> like, not even have it anymore. I'm now in favor of the lawsuit. Yeah,
4: I'm now in favor of of them suing just whoever made the internet. Was it Al Gore? Uh, Hillary Clinton got into a shouting match with a heckler demanding that she denounce Biden's warmongering. This guy deserves a medal. This was at the Institute of... Global politics at Columbia University cut 15 I'm struck
2: by the hypocrisy sorry, of this two more people I, I to hear from. I'm sorry you, you have a the, chan- the, well, I'm not sorry the, the hip- sit down I, I know you're not sorry that's the point the hypocrisy of this talk. speech the hypocrisy of the fact that what, is, what you have, can you please Frank can you please make a statement about President Joe Biden's speech this is a clearly warmongering speech President Joe Biden is calling for a $100 billion of funding for Israel, Taiwan, and Ukraine, and we're supposed to just bundle these together and pretend like we're going to rush to World War III, and we're all just going to let Hillary Rodham sir, Clinton sir, 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 sit here. To to here. Okay. So,
5: so I'm yes. sorry. You know, yes. this is not what? What?
4: Yeah, but but she loves war, too. She's happy about the fact that Joe Biden wants one hundred billion dollars for World War Three. She's happy about it. All right. We'll take a quick break. Eight, five, five, eight, three, nine, twelve, ten on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Congressman Mike Johnson is now Speaker Mike Johnson, and he's a guy who fought back against the FBI and social media, the unholy triad of government, social media and big tech. Don't go away.
2: Thanks for listening to the Sioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app.
4: Let's see now. Bruce is, Bruce has a flip phone. Bruce in media. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks, Rich. You have a flip phone right now, like an old school flip phone. I'm calling in on one now. It actually it actually works. And it but doesn't no do options, the nonsense, phone. no internet, nothing like that?
2: No nope. Phone calls and I can get texts, but uh, that's, that's a limit. Oh wow!
4: What what brand is it?
2: It's Consumer Cellular. Consumer so is that the one that Levin promotes? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, good. Yeah, great like pricing. No, nothing but nothing but phone really. That's that's, that's, the, uh, that's
4: the what plan. you need. Nothing but phone. You can hear me, right? I hear you. You sound great. Sound, yeah. quality's awesome. <laughs> sound quality is awesome. Sound quality is great. You don't get distracted all the time because you just have a phone.
2: That's yeah, there. You got it. And
4: that's, how's the coverage? Where are you in in I mean, the coverage is good. You drive around. You like it?
2: I've actually uh, traveled different states, uh, East Coast, uh, New Hampshire to Florida. No, no issue with, with coverage. None at all. Look at that.
4: Look at that. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. You hey, uh, have educated welcome. me. I appreciate it.
2: All righty. Take care. You happy about the new speaker, by the way, Bruce? Uh, I'm glad they finally got one. I would have preferred Jordan, but uh, I, l- I like to like the new guys well. Well,
4: uh, he's apparently a Jordan acolyte, so that's good.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, buddy. Yeah, you have need, a great we night. We need thank to thank band you. together and get things going.
4: Hell yeah, we got to do it. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening, Thanks. Bruce. 855-839-1210. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, this UN chief, this guy, is a disgrace. He really is. This is why I tell you the United Nations. America needs to get out. And I've been saying this for a very, very long time. What the you, the chief of the United Nations is Gutierrez, secretary general, Antonio Gutierrez. He condemned the October 7th Hamas attacks, but like college kids on campuses, like professors at college campuses, like at Princeton, like at Penn, like at other places. But Israel kind of had it coming, you know, kind of had it coming.
2: Cut 11 excellencies. It is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence. Their economy stifled, their people displaced and their homes demolished. Their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. But the grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the appalling attacks by Hamas. And those appalling attacks cannot justify the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. Excellencies, even war as rules.
4: Uh, Outrageous. That's the secretary general of the United Nations. And here's whack job. Who is this now? Aaron Burnett from CNN.
1: Yeah, lunatic. this is Aaron Burnett from CNN. Um, this clip is insane.
0: You know, also, Poppy, some things stand out in their the mundane necessity, right? You're talking about tunnels. We know these tunnels have ventilation. We know that they've been known to have air conditioning. They've got This has all been reporting that we've heard from the Israelis over the years. But the fact that she's saying she was held underground for more than two weeks. Um, that there was shampoo, there was antibiotics, there was a guard per hostage in the experience she had, uh, that there were medics and paramedics, and obviously she is elderly. The other woman who was released also elderly and had medical needs, and that they had the medicine needed, and if not, something uh, similar to replace it. Um, it is pretty stunning, because you got to contrast that with what's happening above the ground, right? Where there isn't water, never mind shampoo. Okay.
1: Oh wow! Just the, the it's like it's like a Motel Six over there, huh? <laughs> yeah, she makes it sound as though it's like the Four Seasons. What, Unbelievable! What is, that's insane. She's insane. Aaron Burnett's that's insane. horrible.
4: Uh, and and lastly, I would be remiss if I did not get into this cut with you. This is um, it's a flashback of Mike Johnson. Uh, Actually, no, it's not a flashback. It's what Mike Johnson said today about the border, which is right. And the new speaker said this about the border and fentanyl and securing the border. The speech today was excellent. He invoked Reagan. He invoked the seven principles of conservatism. He did an outstanding job. Outstanding job today. And this is what he said about the border.
1: Uh, Hang on.
6: All All of our communities, children, and even adults are dying from it. The status quo is unacceptable, inaction is unacceptable, and we must come together and address the broken border. We have to do it. The skyrocketing cost of living is unsustainable, and Americans should...
4: Good for him. It was an excellent speech. I I definitely encourage you to watch the whole thing. It was about 18 minutes in length with the applause and everything like that. Otherwise, I would have played more of it for you. But we'll have a lot more to talk about on tomorrow's show. Obviously, there's a lot going on, including the war on Halloween being waged by schools. And like I told you earlier, this is not about equity because they're worried that some kids won't have Halloween costumes. This is about they're worried that kids are going to be offended. That's why there's a war on Halloween going on in schools. And I'll tell you what. When I was a kid, Mama Zioli was so cheap, I would get that cheap plastic smock and the cheap plastic mask. You know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking Cost about, about three bucks. <laughs> it would just be a paint a picture of Batman on a white. You know what I'm saying? It was a white plastic thing with a picture on it, whatever the, the costume was. And you got a cheap plastic mask. Yeah,
7: I, 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 I can picture what you're saying.
4: Yeah, but the point is, it's not that people can't afford costumes. They were offended by them. That's what we'll talk about as well tomorrow. Plus, more on uh, the speaker. We got a lot to chat about. Have a great rest of your night. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Henry's still trying to find me a good flip phone. Maybe we'll have an update for tomorrow's (laughs) show.
7: 400 right here.
4: 400 right here. here. Have a great night. Thanks for listening.
2: Rich Seoli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk radio, 1210. WPHT, and on the Free Odyssey app.